treadmill on. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is uh, day two. This is BK's day two on the Camino. It's my day six doing the Camino on the treadmill. And uh, seem to be starting later and later. Unlike on the Camino. Uh, let's get up to four kilometers an hour. I mean, on the Camino, well, yeah. I did start later and later to a degree, but not like this. It's now, um, it's like 9.50 p.m. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, Technical Glitch is getting yesterday's episode up. But so far, as of today, probably upload this tomorrow, as of today, I will be six for six. But, uh, probably no one listening anyway. Who knows? Someday there might be. Um, it's interesting to be at a start of a new day for BK, our friend from Korea, whose walk we're following. Because, you know, I did his day one over six days. It's nice to be back to, um, to dawn, although it's nighttime here in Ireland. Hope you're all keeping well. Whatever shall I talk about today, you're wondering. I can feel you all leaning in. You know, just ready for the words of wisdom. I hope not to disappoint. Here we got the arrows pointing the way, they're always helpful. So he's gone from Roncesvalles to Viscare. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. I don't remember that place. My day two, I walked from, from, Sorry, I'm just adjusting the mic a bit. I walked from Roncesvalles to, oh, I can't remember, Zuberi, no, the place after that. What was it called, Los Altos or uh, something. Met a mad guy there. Yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think BK is stopping off in the place I stopped off in after Zuberi. And uh, I met these, um, yeah, my feet were, my knees were beginning to kill me at this stage. Yeah, the knees were bad, especially when I stopped. And oh, this is on the end of my day two. And um, I, my trainer thought it was really bad now because I'm starting late. Anywho, where was I? Oh yeah, so they ended up in this town, the one after Zubiri, whatever it's called. Los Arcos, I think, something like that. We'll find out. And um, I was told about this mad guy in a supermarket. I, I think he was smoking weed or something, but basically he ran a little supermarket and you go in to get you little bits of food. And I remember get little cute little clothes pegs for hanging my clothes on the line, and, you know, little Camino-y kind of things. And he would also uh, heat you up a slice of tortilla or pincho tortilla, as, as they say, tortilla patatas, Spanish omelette in the uh, microwave and you could eat outside and buy a beer in the in the shop as well but he had a record player and he was playing i don't know everything from leonard cohen to rolling stones i think i, I think i may have made a note somewhere of what he was playing <laughs> he was a dude though i i'm not sure he was high but I, i'd have a fair idea he was high on something maybe just life um it's funny the different types you meet because, I mean, I think some people are sick of all the peregrinos, all the pilgrims coming through their town. And, you know, I'm sure they can try one's patience at times. But this guy was a dude. He was relaxed. <laughs> well, I was asking him for something. I was obviously not a dude. I was wound far too tight. And uh, that's a line from Apocalypse Now, isn't it? Some guy was wound too tight for something or other. Uh, you can answer that in the comments, all the thousands of comments. So I was obviously getting too uptight looking for something. <laughs> he says to me, Joe, Joe need to relax. <laughs> oh, Joe need to relax. Yeah, he was probably right. That's, that should be my mantra. I'm a bit more relaxed now than I was then, I mean, I didn't even know I was uptight then. So, 
So yeah, doing the Camino, being more relaxed, should be good. Even doing it now on the treadmill. I'd love if that guy showed up. He's not gonna, because BK just walks and arrives and stops. And I can't blame him, and you, you can't expect him to keep the camera on 24-7. Um, I have a bit of a history with the Camino in terms of the, the Camino being documented and filmed. In fact, I first discovered, heard about the Camino back in, like, maybe 2000, sometime between 97 and 2000. Um, from a woman who made a documentary on the Camino, which I ended up editing. And her name is Darvla. I'm not doing surnames here. Not going in for surnames. I'm sure you could find uh, about an Irish painter painting along the route of the Camino. And then sometime after that, not that long after that, I was uh, lecturing in editing. And some of my students made a film on the Camino and I helped out a bit with that. So then my friend Declan did the Camino and told me about it. Then I eventually did it. Now here I am redoing it during lockdown on my treadmill. <laughs> I'd love to say, I'd love to say my life is going really well. In my head, I tell you what, back to the Hopkins quote, you know, accept everything, expect nothing. If you look at it that way, it's going fine. There's a part of me thinking though, like, Sometimes I have the delusion or illusion that I'm giving out sort of sage advice here. I mean, I might as well, since there's a good chance no one will hear it or, you know, I'm not being paid to do it, there's no pressure. It's kind of a challenge I set for myself. I tell you, meeting today, getting it done today is good, because, you know, if I, I, I might take rest days somewhere along the way, but if I start missing them early on, just out of pure laziness, that's not great. But what was I going to say? Yeah, it's like, I'll put it this way. Do you really want to take life advice from a guy who lives alone with his two cats and is walking the Camino on a treadmill? Just let that sink in. Oh, great, you do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's the right answer. Well done. Congratulations. He won the prize of free life advice from me for eternity. Well, for the rest of one of our, your life or my life. Who knows, maybe eternity, right? If, uh, if that deal works out, that eternity deal. So, well, I guess as long as YouTube exists, uh, which, you know, which will end first, YouTube or the planet or the universe? Like, in a thousand years' time, if, I'm assuming the universe will still be here, but if the planet Earth is still here, that's a much bigger if. Like, is there really gonna be, I mean, I guess there's gonna be the internet, but it's gonna be like nothing we've imagined. I don't think it's gonna be like, what do they call that thing, the guys who say, oh yeah, you know, we'll have computers inside our bodies and we'll be able to travel to the stars. There's a word for that. I was going to say rapture, but that's more of a religious word. Um, the, oh God, of course it won't come to me. I'm putting the fan on. Of course, my radiator is on because I'm walking late at night. I could stop and turn it off, but that's against the rules, so. Onwards, Christian soldiers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going off on a lot of tangents. I was thinking, did I say this yesterday? I was thinking, of, I hope I'm not repeating myself, but I was thinking about like, you know, I'd rather, I'm not interested in angry Christians or angry atheists. And then I was thinking, I also don't want to do, I don't really, not interested in happy, clappy Christians. 
And then I was thinking, is there such a thing as happy, clappy atheists? I don't know. That'll be fun. That'll be interesting to me. What sort of songs will they sing? I'm not going to try and make them up now. As they drive around their buses to rallies trying to, uh, I don't know, trying to spread the word. Might make up one before the end of this Camino. A happy, clappy atheist song. I don't know, like, is there something happy, clappy about science? It's probably something like that in school, high school, I suppose, or not high school, but in primary school or whatever, whatever they call it. Anyway, going way off on a tangent, but I'm glad to see I've used up 10 minutes of walking time, talking about nothing in particular. Now I just have to retrace my thoughts. So I was talking with the guy who said, you need to relax. Yeah. I was talking, went out to happy, clappy Christians or happy, clappy atheists. There was something in between, though. Oh, yeah. Do you want to take advice from 49-year-old living alone with two cats walking on a treadmill, redoing the Camino on a treadmill? And the answer was a resounding yes. That's really made my day. Thanks. Oh, where's my bloody phone? One sec. One sec. Okay, I got it. Just want to carry it as a second uh, way of counting the steps. So, uh, what I actually had on the list for today wasn't happy, clappy atheists. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, miracles. Gonna. Day six, I'm already going for the kind of $10 words, the big, going for the big stuff. Miracles. Why did I put that down? It's an interesting sort of idea. A lot of what I might call a miracle, someone else might call a coincidence. Like, for instance, I've got to grab my water here. That's not the miracle. Uh, like, for instance, my cat Bobby arriving. Okay, let's take some water. That um, I, I would experience that as a miracle, but obviously you, someone could turn around and say, well, it's just a coincidence. Point taken. Um, or as Buddha would say, yes, you have a present for me. Thank you, I don't want it. But thank you all the same. Leave it down there, I might have a look at it later. Um, what was the other miracle? Okay, I had my, what I would call a mystical experience in um, Worth Abbey. I talked about that yesterday. That was more, that's actually more subjective than the cat, my cat appearing the day I decided I'd get a cat. That was, mind you, the fact that he saw an orange yellow glow coming from me, um, was interesting, Consider, considering that was a colour I envisioned, envisioned my body being filled with on the course I had just done. But just thinking about that, yellow-orange glow, I've got a history with yellow-orange glows. You'll be glad to know. I can feel anyone who's listening in has just lent into the radio now. <laughs> the radio, listen to me, into the wireless and anyone who's watching has also lent in. They're telling their partner to keep quiet, they want to hear this. And I've forgotten what it is. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Yellow-orange, my history with the yellow-orange glow. So years ago, when I was a kid, I was mm, somewhere between eight and 13 is the best guess. And I met a woman at my cousin's house who claimed to be a clairvoyant. And she said she could see auras. I'd never even heard of an aura before. <laughs> so I said, uh, oh, what color is my aura? Can you see mine? She said, yes. What color is it? She said, it's yellow-orange. I mean, that could be well where I got the idea for the, um, when I did the course, when I envisioned the light filling me being yellow-orange. But of course the guy, Jim, who I met in Worth Abbey, who saw a light coming from me, he didn't know that. He saw a yellow-orange aura. Here's the other one, bear with me. I, I sense you're about to change channel. No, no, there's another. 
crucial nugget. So years after the woman seen by yellow orange glow, but be, years before I met Jim, um, Jim who may or may not exist, did I? Yes, I mentioned that already. Okay. Um, I was in a tent somewhere in Ireland with a friend. I don't want to give too many details. And uh, we may or may not have been experiencing alleged psychedelic experiences. I just realized I told a story involving such things yesterday as well, but uh, it, my life does not re revolve around such things, but at a certain time. This was the first time, uh, allegedly, that perhaps I took LSD with this other person. Well, you know, if I have any Christian listeners or traditional Christian listeners, which could have been my best hope for this, I've just lost them. And I somehow don't think I ever got any stoner slash psychedelic type listeners. And if I did, I would have lost them way before here now. But I'm sure they've got better psychedelic stories than me. So we're in a tent and it's possible that LSD had been taken and pretty intense trip. Mushrooms had been done at some other stage in our lives, but this was the first experience of that particular thing, allegedly. And uh, <laughs> my friend said to me, wow, man, I can see your aura. I can see your aura. And I said, oh, wow, what color is it? And he goes, well, he either said yellow orange or orange, and I don't want, I really am not changing any facts here. I think he said orange. <laughs> anyway, and I, he said it, and I immediately went, ah! <laughs> because I just, as soon as he said aura, I was like, no one had seen my aura since I was, whatever, 13, and this woman saw it, and it was yellow orange. Then now, some years later, a good few years later, it was, tripping and allegedly and he says I see your aura I said what color he goes orange I go ah and he got a shock <laughs> he jumped back he goes oh what's going on I was like oh man so the yellow orange thing has been following me around a bit feel free to debunk at will at your leisure at your leisure as they say in America you know, I'm so desperate for comments. Honestly, maybe, maybe I could get some angry atheists to follow me. Maybe they'll watch the, all of my walk and abuse me on in the comments column. Oh, I'd take anything at this stage, anything. I mean, or maybe I get some happy clappy atheists in, just really putting me down in a really nice way. Uh, I'd take that too. I'm not fussy. So, he's coming from Monsterbyers. Yeah. So, Ashley, who I met on day one, went ahead. I was already starting to kind of slack, you know? I started a bit later for my day two. And uh, TJ, the fighter pilot we met on the way, so we met him on day one, climbing up a hill somewhere, while climbing up the Pyrenees. Met him again, actually, this day, day two, when we were having breakfast in the hostel we stayed in. <laughs> he, he stayed somewhere else, but he came in there for water or something. And uh, he was having a tough time. And this guy was a fighter pilot. Like, I mean, he must have been through a lot worse than the Camino. I don't know what fighter pilots go through. I know it's... Probably not as bad as Navy SEALs, but you know, I assume it's pretty hardcore stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think I've even watched the shop, not shocker, Top Gun from start to finish. It's one of those things that I didn't see it in the cinema. It's been on TV numerous times, I've seen bits and pieces. People quote from it, I know all the quotes. I know the song by Berlin, which I won't try and sing. Show me heaven, isn't that it? And uh, so I don't know much about fighter pilots. I'm not saying I'd know a lot if I saw that film, but I might know something. 
Um, so TJ comes into us the next day and he's ranting about he's just not having a good time. And he's like, you know, I come over here, I spend my hard-earned cash. At least they could do is be polite to me. And I don't want to put him down for being a Yankee abroad or something, because I've had my moments, like, end of day one, after climbing over the Pyrenees in the pissing rain, pardon my language, and Buen Camino. After all that, after wearing our ponchos, like you're seeing out of Platoon, as Ashling said, after rescuing a woman who collapsed, staying with her for 40 minutes, waiting for paramedics, after walking another six kilometers after, on top of the 26 kilometers, on top of climbing the Pyrenees, uh, we arrive at the hostel and suddenly looked like they weren't serving food and oh, I was in a bad mood. We, we got fed in the end, fed and watered, as they say. Met an Australian woman or a Kiwi in New Zealand, I can't remember, who was, I don't know, had a big business, lots of money, I think, and she was doing it. It's amazing the people they meet, you know, opt for this kind of hardship. Um, there is something about the Camino, though, absolutely. But yeah, that night one, I mean, I was cranky. You know, I was, you know, and yeah, we can all say when we're cranky, we can all be a bit out of line, I guess. I don't know, I don't think I was overtly too out of line, but I was just, I was like, you know, we rescued people, come on. We rescued someone, we need to be fed, but we got fed. So TJ the next morning was bitching about something. And, and uh, he kept saying, uh, we, I said, oh yeah, he was leaving then anyway. He was, so I wanted to see if we'd join him on the walk. We weren't quite ready. We said, we'll see you later, maybe. I said, Buen Camino. He goes, oh, you, you're saying uh, El Camino? And he was calling it El Camino, not Buen Camino. You know, he just hadn't even fully kind of heard it right. He said, oh, yeah, everyone's saying El Camino to me. And he said, uh, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I was with this group of people the other day. I had to go to the to John. I got up, I said, I'm gonna go take an El Camino. <laughs> and uh, I laughed politely. He goes, a good one, huh? I said, oh yeah, that's a good one. In fairness, my jokes are possibly not much better. Isn't this nice? Is my fan on? It is. This is nice, walking along this road. At dawn, the light is beginning to creep through. What's that light in the distance? It can't. I mean, if it's the sun, it can't be the sun. Because as I've, is it? It is. The sun should start behind you. Then come around in front of you, but it is. I mean, it depends on the angle. I would say, yeah, it comes around to your left. I'd say they'll have to turn, yeah, they're gonna go right here. And this, at some stage, the sun will end up to their left or behind them. You're really getting some fascinating details here. But you know, I do my best, gotta keep you listening. I said I was gonna talk about miracles and I've managed to studiously avoid that. Look at that sign, it says welcome in lots of languages. That's nice. All the vans going off to work. Here is a cafe. See, I'd often start my day, walk a little bit and go to a cafe. I may, no, I didn't go to that one. I had breakfast at where we stayed. That's right. I'll keep you posted of all the details. He's crossing a road now, main road. Sometimes you end up walking alongside main roads for a long time. It's not the nicest part of the Camino. The nicest part is when you go on the little paths. <sighs> Hope he knows where he's going. Those people have just gone into that hostel. Oh yeah, here's the signs. We're going the right way, folks. So, stay with us. 
miracles. I'll take some more water here. I was going to make a joke about, oh, it's turned into wine. But I decided not to. There's a funny joke about that. There is a funny joke about that. Okay, I'll tell that. Look, we got like something like 200 of these, I think. Still haven't calculated. I'm going to follow all of BK's videos. I must add them up to see how long they are. And I keep saying I'm probably going to do 800 kilometers. That would be 200 videos in total. You'd be glad to know. It's going to be like getting to the end of a long book and going, oh, I wish it wasn't over. But you're only at the beginning now, so, so relax. You need to relax. <laughs> yeah, so the joke told by the late Brendan Grace, Irish comedian who unfortunately passed away I'm gonna say last year, but I think it was, wasn't at the end of 2019. Like last year, 2020 is such a blur for a lot of people. That our sense of time is a bit kind of messed up by that. I think it was the end of 2019. God rest his soul, Brendan Grace. And uh, he would have been one of the um, old style comedians, but I mean, he's stayed popular to the end. And uh, he was also in Father Ted, that kind of brought him to a younger audience. But the joke he told was about the wedding feast at Cana, where we know Jesus turned the water into wine. So anyway, they're at the, the wedding, it's all going great. Jesus turns up, they run out of wine, he turns the water into wine. Great time is had by all. Much merriment and festivity. And um, you have saved the best for last. Isn't that the quote? Look at me with my Bible quotes. I'm like a Protestant with my Bible quotes. Catholics, Catholic Ireland, we didn't really grow up with Bible quotes. It was more just instructions and catechism. Who made the world and all that kind of stuff. God made the world and this is a sin. We got the Ten Commandments. We got like thou shalt, yeah, we got the Ten Commandments. And um, we did get like in mass, you get bits of the gospel, but I don't know, Protestants, my understanding, like they go to Sunday school and they're really kind of more into the words and learning stuff off, I think. That's the thing, yeah, Protestants, it is more word-based. Anyway, back to the joke. So, wedding feast at Cana. They all have a jolly good time. And go off to bed. The father of the bride wakes up the next day with a terrible hangover. And he calls one of his daughters and he says, Oh, would you get me? Get me a glass of water, love. I really need a glass of water. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't let that young fella near it. <laughs> I think that's a great joke. I don't tell it as well as Bruno Grace. But newsflash, I'm breaking news. I'm not a stand-up comedian. So, I mean, as I said, I do stand-up shows for myself in my head, like Bob De Niro in King of Comedy. So I'm pretty good in my own head. Not so good outside of it. BK, I hope you're doing okay there. I can hear you breathing kind of heavy-ish. Look at these people ahead of him. They look, this guy looks nice and fresh. Ready to just, he's already overtaken someone. He's ready to just run through the whole Camino. Oh God, when I see people like that, I'm just like, oh, makes me want to give up. Hopefully we'll overtake him later. He's, I don't know, gasping with exhaustion. He'd be the guy that they end up leaving behind with a cantina of water and, and a gun for the engines. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know, that's what they used to do in those movies. They'd always give him water and a gun. I'd be kind of like, save the water. Why, why are you gonna give it to the guy who's gonna die? Like, no, give him a gun kill the, the baddies, but uh, I would say now strategically thinking that is a waste of water. That's just my take on it. I think even as a kid I used to think that. So anyway, we're going to be keeping an eye out for this guy, this show off here. See, uh, see how he ends up. No, I wish him well, of course I do. 
Buen Camino. So miracles came half an hour in and I've managed to skate around the subject. Why did I bring it up? I was thinking of Bobby, my cat, as a miracle. I was thinking of my mystical moment in Worth Abbey. Got a couple more, maybe a bit more personal, but my take on miracles. There are some, I read a book called The Miracle Detective, actually, a Rolling Stone journalist who was cynical about a lot of these things. But hold on now, I gotta stop, I remember this. Of course, this was the village where Ashton and I stayed. It's all coming back because we walked. It, we actually, we stayed beyond here, of course we did. We stayed six kilometers beyond, so yeah. But I remember walking through here. So as I said, after walking over the Pyrenees, rescuing a woman, stopping for a drink, and a probably pincho tortilla, met two Irish guys, and uh, Ashton had stayed chatting with them. I went to Pilgrim's Mass, being a good little Irish Catholic boy, came back. So in fairness, we both had had a couple of beers. I venture to suggest that Ashley may have had one or two more than me because she didn't go to Mass. And there's a lesson there, I dare say, to be learned. Anyway, enough moralizing. So we're walking along here, and we're, we're just, I guess, looking for directions and wondering are we in the right place, are we going the right way? And we see a house on the left somewhere here, and it has some sort of sign outside it like a, an icon more than, it wasn't words like it. Ashley was sure that's some official, what's that place you're looking at there? What is that? Restaurant, is it? Yeah, okay. Anyway, she thought it was some sort of hostel or something. We open the door and go in, and we walk right down the corridor and into a room uh, of uh, a, a private living room, man sitting watching TV. He was really nice. In fairness, the front door was unlocked. He was pretty relaxed about the whole thing. And I guess he sent us on a merry way. There wasn't too much drama involved. No shots were fired. So maybe that happens to him a lot, I don't know. But, yeah, this was the place, all right. So we stayed somewhere beyond this. I mightn't even get there today. Why did I sign up for this? Why did I sign up for this? It's one thing signing up for the real Camino, which is a bit of an adventure. Meet lots of people, definitely lose weight. But this, I'm kind of enjoying it, to be honest. But I really didn't want to do it tonight. Uh, work wasn't too busy today. It's going to be busy tomorrow, so, um, and I got no writing done today. It's just one of those days. Tomorrow, I really got to get up early and start my Camino, and uh, before work, and then got to get some writing done. Maybe even do some tonight, we'll see. I don't think I'm going to get far on the miracles front today other than to say um, that maybe the real miracles occur in your heart. Like I'm thinking of John Coltrane, the jazz player, chronic heroin addict. He did have some sort of mystical religious moment and after that he stopped using heroin. There may be more to the story. I, I imagine there could have been recovery um, um, place, you know involved whatever I don't know god I couldn't hear that truck passing at all I can hear BK breathing of course I had my right can off my ear but still anyway I'm sure you're not too interested in that well he's BK is walking on the left which is good in Ireland we walk on the right that drives me nuts when people walk on the left on small country roads in a, in a country where we drive on the left as you walk on the right little pet hate of mine. I won't uh, get into that or I'll spend the next half hour talking about that. Um, 
John Coltrane. And then he, he went totally clean. And didn't, as far as I know, become a happy, happy Christian, but brought out an album called A Love Supreme, which is beautiful. John Kelly, I probably discovered it from John Kelly, an Irish um, DJ. Oh, what's this person saying? See, they're, they're with him. Yeah, I, I can't, this person is talking. Hold on a sec. Putting on both cans and I can't hear anything. And they're talking so, newsflash. The sound must be totally out of sync. Wow. Okay. We can live with that. Let's go with the flow. So anyway. John Coltrane. That's a kind of miracle. As I, I did mention before, I read that book, uh, The Miracle Detective. It's really interesting about a guy, Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone, <laughs> yeah, uh, Keith, what's his name? Keith Richards, no, it's a Rolling Stone um, journalist, following different miracles around the world, but also doing research on, now I hear the speaking, so that must sync with the earlier bit, okay. Okay, that's no, no problem, no problemo. But uh, he followed miracles all around the world and also researched them. And it's quite interesting. There were a couple that were testified to by... There was a, at least one... I think there were two that were testified by doctors who were formerly atheists and were no longer atheists after this. I mean, all the evidence, the medical evidence, was there to testify that the healing that occurred... This was, like, really... Um, tremendous physical healing. God, I feel like Donald Trump using words like tremendous. This is like healing like you've never seen before. <laughs> um, stirring swiftly away from politics. Uh, but I have lost the use of adjectives. I'm trying to explain it well. But anyway, there was some extraordinary healing that was testified by medical doctors, including atheists. Um, a couple of whom actually became believers afterwards because the evidence was so overwhelming. Can you really say what happened? No, but you can say it was completely beyond any scientific explanation and kind of overnight healing. Um, interesting thing about that is there's a, people of a certain type of mind who you tell them that they'll immediately discount it even if you have evidence. There's some people who don't even want to look at the evidence. They just don't want to believe as is. That is their right, but often they'd be the kind of people who talk about evidence and science-based, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, really don't want to get in an argument with whatever one listener I've left, because I'm sure I'll manage to offend everybody, you know, pretty quickly, if I haven't already. God, I'd love to get a load of listeners. I said that before, you know. I can pretend I don't, but it would be nice. But it would also be distracting. I'd probably rather get my book published, become rich and famous in the back of that, and then this is just a thing that's out there. I can't see somebody sitting down and watching these. Maybe they would walk the Camino on a treadmill or exercise bike like me watching, or maybe walk listening. It's a big if, because um, none, of, none of what BK Film is edited, none of what I say is edited. And boy, I am able to ramble on about nothing. But you know, I try and throw in a few hooks. So back to miracles. What do we got here? They're loading, unloading bales of hay. And I can tell you these are rectangular bales, which I haven't seen in a long time. Or are they? Oh, that's a... Yeah, but they're huge. Huge rectangles. They're not like the old bales we used to pile up in the back of trailers. So, uh, see, you go through places like this now. We're looking at a kind of dirt track, 
kind of warehouses, agricultural sort of um, sheds really, and um, light is, in, is a bit overcast. It's not like amazing, it's not bad, but it's not like stunning. But that's the thing about the Camino, it's not like a normal holiday. And it is more like life. You just, you know, there's good bits and bad bits. You meet people on tours who kind of skip the bad bits or the boring bits, like the Meseta, I think they call it Meseta, the flat, dull bit somewhere in the middle. But I don't know. It's like people are always promising you solutions to skip the bad bits in life, but it doesn't really work that way. Like having done the, <coughs> sorry, having done the whole Camino without, you know, walking the whole way without getting a bus once and having gone through all the bad bits, having got lost, clocking up more time, having been sick, having been lame, you know, everything, and then getting there in the end is great. Although actually my initial arrival, Santiago, hate to tell you this now, was a bit of an anticlimax. But then I kind of redid my arrival the next day and that was great. It's possible to do that. Reframed it. And hey, now I get to do the whole thing again. Lucky me. Gotta say though, technology. It's, it can be great, it can be terrible, but just the idea that I can do this, or that anyone, most people can do this, is, is, is great. Um, so yeah, you've got the miracles testified to say in a book like that, The Miracle Detective. The, okay, miracles, I'll put it in quotes if that makes it easier for some people. I mean, it's like I know someone who saw their dead aunt appear to them at the end of their bed. They went into work the next morning and told their aunt had died. I said to that person, I mentioned, that, oh yeah, you saw a ghost, and they said, no, no, that wasn't a ghost. I'm like, okay. If the word ghost is the problem, we can call it something else. But it was a person who had died who you didn't know was dead, appearing to you at the end of your bed. That kind of fits the definition of ghost, if you look it up, I think. Dead person appearing to you. I did look it up, actually. It's like a nebulous form of a dead person or something appearing. But it's funny how often I think the biggest objections people have are to words. And that's because we are so, in the Western world anyway, word-based now, logic-based, that people actually think the words are real things. That's why the word God really kind of pisses a lot of people off, I think. Um, you, meet, you hear a lot of funny things nowadays, like someone I know who said, oh, I, uh, oh, I don't believe in God. And then she started talking about astrology. I'm kind of, okay. Okay. But again, what was when she said she didn't believe in God? There's um, a BBC producer by the name of John Lloyd who um, worked with Douglas Adams on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's name-checking another famous atheist. And John Lloyd, though, was interviewed with, well, I should say, the late Doug Adams, Douglas Adams. Well, do you only say late when they recently died? He died a while ago. Anyway, God rest his soul. <laughs> if you're listening, Doug, I know. How ironic. If you are listening, that would be kind of ironic. Would you be annoyed by me saying, God rest your soul? Maybe you would. I don't know. But John Lloyd, who was worked with him on the radio play of Hitchhiker's Guide, also did a book with him called The Meaning of Lif, which is full of all these funny definitions of things that don't, there are no words for in the English language. And um, he was interviewed. I don't remember the rest of the interview, but he just said, when people ask me, do I believe in God? I say, tell me what you mean by God, and I'll tell you if I believe in that. I think that's a good answer. I certainly don't think it's a cop-out, because as Thomas Aquinas said, uh, what did he say? <laughs> oh, a major fail there, epic fail, as they say. As Thomas Aquinas said, well, see, I might be mixing them up with Plato or Socrates. I am 
a spoofer, as in case you haven't figured that out yet. Okay, look, one of the philosophers said, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. I think Aquinas said something about God is the only thing I know about God is I know nothing or something. Um, but, you know, he talked about God as the unknowable. I believe I had a quote for you the other day about that as well from somebody else. I tell you, if you're into reading mystics and things, one I came across was Julian of Norwich. She's kind of interesting. Like even just from, here's a little historical fact. And I only heard about her recently through the writings of Richard Rohrer, I think, who a lot of people like. But Julian of Norwich was, female by the way, yeah, um, the first published, first female, first woman to be published in the English language, which is in itself interesting. And she lived in, guess, guess where, Norwich, and um, had this series of visions of God, and she wrote about them. But the writings are quite beautiful. And uh, I actually decided, the book I'm writing, that the there's a female character in it, the, uh, the, the, there's the male protagonist and his girlfriend. Actually, I don't want to talk too much about the story, and I'm not sure where she fits into the story at the moment, because it might actually be more about his ex-girlfriend. But I decided she's from Norwich, and my last trip to England, which happened to be just before lockdown, I decided to hire a car, drive to Norwich. Stayed in a lovely kind of pre-Tudor house. Uh, lovely. And I went to the place where Julian of Norwich, where they believe her cell was, connected to a little church where she would have had her visions. I love sitting in those little rooms. I love that more than anything, actually. And there was a man sitting there in silence. They had a basket or a bowl of hazelnuts because in one of her visions, she talked about just contemplating a hazelnut, and just how even within the smallest thing, everything is contained within that. And, um, and the woman I stayed with was Italian who ended up somehow living in Norwich, which is an unusual move, but I think she had an aunt from there. And, um, yeah, the word aunt, I could talk about that for probably 20 minutes, because Irish people, so you got aunt, A-U-N-T, and then you got A-N-T. But a lot of Irish people, including myself up until recently, would say aunt for both, and we find the context usually helps you differentiate. But I was working uh, in Belfast with an English editor, nice man. Oh, an atheist, actually. We had a chat about that. Not an angry atheist. A logical one, of course, which, in fairness, one would expect. But um, we were, I said, my, my aunt, God rest her soul, had died. But I said to him, oh, I, am, oh, I want to get away for a funeral. I wasn't able to get away, actually, but I said, my aunt, aunt has died. And I probably said, aunt. And he was like, what do you mean? Your, your aunt has died. And, and, and eventually, you know, I explained, and he was oh, you mean your aunt? Your aunt? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that's what I meant. But ever since then, I was like, no, I get it. If I'm in England or America, or wherever, I'm, I'm thinking about English language speaking places. I will adapt, I'll tend to start using the words they use, like in America, I'll say line instead of cue. And, you know, I've been there a few times, I kind of pride myself in being adaptable. Um, and if I'm in England, I'll adapt a little bit too. So when I'm doing this podcast and I say aunt, uh, yeah, I want to say, I try to get it in between aunt and aunt, because I'm not going to say aunt. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is really interesting, isn't it? So what was I saying? Something about this person whose aunt died. Okay. And so a ghost of their aunt. 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 Yeah. I mean, a lot of Irish people say I say things funny. I say posh. Most of them say posh, posh. I say posh. Maybe that's because I'm posh. I mean, posh or posh, as in, or as I say in America, fancy is um, subjective. 
like, I don't know where I live. Some people think I'm posh slash posh, just because I have a different accent. I don't quite have a Galway accent, but I don't have a Dublin accent. Then I go to like, say, South Kensington, London, and then they don't, they certainly don't think I'm posh there. I'll tell you that for nothing. It's all subjective though. I really am rambling, haven't I? I'm really doing anything to avoid talking about miracles. I think the only thought I had about it, I thought, oh yeah, if I talk about miracles, I'd easily knock 60 minutes out of it, no problem, big topic. Then of course I realized I don't really know anything about them. And I think the only point I had to make was, if you park all the big miracles, like the one in that book, The Miracle Detective, you'd swear I'm plugging it, wouldn't you? And if you park, say, my little miracles, like my cat Bobby appearing today, I decided I wanted a cat, and a few other mystical experiences. Yeah, I think the John Coltrane one, where he suddenly found some connection to this idea of God and stopped using heroin. As I said, there may have been some other intervention, but it really worked for him. That's, that's a miracle that happens, I think, in the heart. You can even say in the mind, if you prefer to put it that way. That's beautiful. And really, at one level, all it is is a shift in point of view. And those do happen, not as often as we would like, but they do happen to people. And the fact he recorded an album then sort of testifying to that. He, and he did die young still from liver damage. I think you know, the damage had been done. But And John Kelly, the radio DJ in Ireland who played him, also played, who I think introduced me to him, also played, um, his wife singing or a version or playing a version of A Love Supreme. Beautiful album, beautiful song. Um, and yeah, the only lyrics in it, in the album, I think, are just him saying A Love Supreme, singing A Love Supreme, but the, the music is so beautiful. So beautiful. So yeah, the only music I've mentioned so far is Easy Top and John Coltrane which actually, they're not completely apart. It's easy top of blues rock, and the blues really are the foundation of modern American music. But then jazz is kind of, sort of maybe parallel to that, doing its own thing. Um, I was about to go into a lesson in musical history before I, you know, popular American musical history before I realized I don't have a lot to say about it. Blues are fun to play on guitar though. Learn like, you know, three chords and 12 bar blues. Throw in a kind of seventh chord. You got yourself a song. But then like ZZ Top, they do the power chords. I was having fun even just, I've been practicing this riff from Smart Dressed Man for the last like three weeks. And, uh, and uh, it's taken me, like the riff, it's just like, the main riff, just five seconds, I think, but I still can't play it perfectly. But it's fun, because they're just taking blues and they're up in the ante, throwing power chords. Power chords are you just play a couple of notes hard with lots of gain and volume. Oh, it feels so powerful. I used to imagine when I was a kid, like just going out, in a stadium playing to a huge crowd, because I never actually practiced or anything, just fantasized about it. I'm actually, since I got my new Fender Telecaster beautiful guitar during lockdown, I'm practicing more than I did when I was, you know, in my 20s. I mean, imagine I could be a rock star by now. Chris, I also could be dead. So, if I had gone down that route. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I would have had the talent, I definitely didn't have the perseverance. And uh, now I'm persevering more, but might have missed that boat. But in my head, I think a lot of, certainly guys, you know, if you're 
I'm assuming lots of guys did that miming in front of the mirror when you're young playing. Imagine being a pop star in your head. In my head, I felt I could be, you know, one. And uh, I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. I was the short guy. That's immediately there. You're, you got that sort of thing to overcome. Oh, and I was neurotic and nervous. Ah, oh, man. Nah. I mean, I, you know, started smoking relatively early. I haven't smoked for years, by the way. I hasten to add. So, you know, dabbled in a few not so legal things. It's not enough, though. It's not enough. You gotta, there's a certain thing you gotta have. A bit of height probably helps. Not essential, though. Prince doesn't have the height, but he's got the swagger. Oh, man. See, I used to think it's the height, but no. It's some other factor that helps. Yeah. So I've walked, yeah, 56 minutes on the treadmill. How long in the video? Oh, 56 is about good. Um, I'm not gonna be uh, talking about miracles after all. I've just got lost in the idea of being on a stage. But I do think men can kind of almost, especially as a young man, believe that you could be that rock star. And of course, the ones that become rock stars believe it too, but Bruce Springsteen said, if you were good in school, if you liked school, you wouldn't be a rock star. Well, I didn't like school, so I had that bit down. I used to knock off school a lot with my friend Roman. Still studiously avoiding surnames, don't want to incriminate anyone. And we got caught loads of times. But the principal used to say to me, I went to two schools, I went to the nuns in Ornmore, then the Jesuits in Galway city or town. And the principal, when he'd catch me, he'd say, James, you know, I catch you every time. I'm thinking, I actually met him recently. I said, you know, every time you said to me, you catch me every time, I'm thinking, how do you know you catch me every time? He only knows about the times he caught me. But, um, I certainly don't regret knocking off school and I still have kind of intense dreams or even nightmares about being back in school and I just hate it. Yeah, it's always a relief to wake up from that. Honestly, I prefer work any day of the week to school. Even when I was pumping petrol, I prefer that to school. Pumping gas, yep. There's something really easy top about that, isn't there? They, they got a gas station in one of their videos, at least one of them. They got that is it Ford car. Um, yeah. Every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. Well, I've made it through another hour. Walking. It's now Irish time. It is now coming up to it's about 10 to 11 p.m. Doubt I'll write tonight. Maybe a little bit. Let's see. Off to bed. And uh, glad I made it through this. I'll walk until I hit four kilometers. So it might be a little over an hour because I slowed down a bit at one stage. BK is more breathless than me, but he's got a pack in his back. He's also got just that terrain and everything. It's just, it's different. I'm walking on a zero inch line right now. On the treadmill, it's not too hard. I, uh, I shall endeavor to come up with more interesting things to talk about tomorrow. And uh, can't promise I'll succeed. But the intention is good. Although you know what they say about good intentions. If you don't know, I won't tell you. Don't want to end on that bum note. So, I'm now coming up to, yeah, 30 seconds left. And I will hit four um, kilometers and shortly too. Good. Hope you've enjoyed walking with me, listening to me. And uh, 
hope I can keep coming up with things to talk about. I'm putting myself down and saying, you know, not coming up with much, but maybe someone will find it interesting. So I've hit 60 minutes, an hour of walking, and I've hit four kilometers. So, Buen Camino, good night, good morning, good afternoon. And uh, I shall talk to you soon. God bless. Buen Camino.